This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey, everyone. How are you doing today? It's Thursday. That means we are speaking with our expert, Jonathan Twomley. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Michael. How are you? I'm doing well. So I wanted to ask you a question. You're on the East Coast. I'm on the West Coast. You're in New York. I'm close to San Francisco. Uh, we have both seen rent declines. We have both seen real estate get hit pretty hard in our fair cities. And I'm starting to wonder which city recovers first. Um, I'll let you share your thoughts and then I'll share mine after. It is an interesting question and one that I had not even thought about (laughs) until you you asked me the question. Uh, So I I apologize. I haven't had a lot of chance to really think about this. Um, But which would recover faster? Well, I guess we have to kind of go through an analysis of what what the economy of each is based on, you know, and and how that, um, you know, how that plays out. I, New York is a much bigger city than San Francisco, right? I mean, yeah, very, the, very, yeah, the, very much so. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the metropolitan area is like, you know, 30 million people or something in New York City. And, you know, that includes like New Jersey and Connecticut that, mm-hmm. that it extends out to. Um, and the economy here is, you know, finance is probably the, the headline, uh, you know, the headline industry, but it's, it's not, the city is not dependent on, on, on the finance industry, right? It's just a big, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a big part of it, but it's not, you know, it, there's a lot else going on. I mean, there's, there's, there's TV, right? There's mm-hmm. all of the networks are based here, you know, uh, all of the, there's the fashion industry, right? That's based in New York. There's the arts industry, which is, you know, mm-hmm. based in New York. It's, it's still, the center of all those other places. And I was actually thinking about this during my long drive down from upstate New York on Sun on Monday about, you know, there are some, you know, the finance industry is always talking about moving operations to different places and they move back offices to like the South or they do stuff like that. Uh, but, and I think any industry can kind of move the back office stuff mm-hmm. out of New York, yeah. but they, they need to have these concentrations of talent and you're not, I don't, I think it'd be very hard to, to imagine any kind of like major part of say the fashion industry moving to a, another like Nashville, right. Mm-hmm. Or like a major part of the, the, the T like the TV writers and the T that's that kind of like creative talent moving to some other city. Totally right? agree. So uh, the arts is the same, like every city has got an arts community, but you know, they're all essentially, and I don't, I don't mean to say this like in, a, in an elitist or a snobby way, but they're all sort of like the minor leagues, mm-hmm. like hoping to get to New York. Yeah, theaters right? for New and York. Yep. Theaters for New York, are, you know, painters, whatever they are, musicians, like, you know, with the exception of you know, sort of maybe country music in Nashville, which is its own, yeah, like, it center, sort of grew up right? there. Yeah. yeah, and that's sort of like the, like the epicenter of that, right? But it's, so it's like the New York for country music, like mm-hmm. they're not going to, they're not going to pick up and come to New York either, right? I mean, they've they've built their infrastructure and their network there, and that's where everybody wants to be. Mm-hmm. So that's not going to change. 
but for for other other things, you know, it, it, it's it's very difficult to imagine it going anywhere because like no one's going to leave no one player is going to leave on their own right because they can't because they need to be near everybody else, yeah it, right? and it's it's all of those things you've just run through and it just makes me even more confident in my pick all of them require people interacting with people right yeah. and it's not only people within a company but it's the it's the it's the amalgamation of all the different pieces and parts working together to make the fashion injury industry to make the arts to make financials it's yeah it, it's you just can't yeah. kill it it's it's going to survive and it'll grow and it'll shrink and it'll grow yeah and there's only and looks like everything else if they're if they're creative so brain work industries right some of it can happen offline right mm-hmm. so, or, so, or or online you know or from sure. home and i know i mean i've got friends who are TV writers and movie writers and stuff. And, and they, they already work from home, right? They weren't, it wasn't like they were going to an office, right. you know, to write their movie scripts, right? They were doing it in their, in their own, you know, office at home right. or on their sofa or wherever, wherever they write these things, coffee, you know, they can't do it in the coffee shop anymore. That's probably what they can't do, but they were, they were not working at an office anyway. Uh, but they were going in like they're having meetings and having parties and having like those are the that's the glue for these industries is where people meet each other and like learn about new jobs and new opportunities and that stuff you know this is this is again why I think that you know there's a lot of people who and I, well, I know when I talk I have this tendency to go off on these tangents but there's always a point right so um, just like people have been saying office is dead, nobody's going to want to work in an office again, or like New York is dead because they're because now they can work from home and they're, so they're just going to go and they're going to move to the mountains or they're going to go to Atlanta or whatever. Like there, there are limits to that. And the reason there are limits to that, yes, at the margins, it'll happen. Absolutely. But the, the problem with that is that at the end of the day, you can't, it's very difficult to form really good networks where you get jobs and you get creative, like, stuff happening at a distance right mm-hmm. it's one thing to like interact with people you already know uh you know online and develop relationships with them but it's it's not the same as like hanging out with them going to the same parties knowing the same people and you know learning about the job you know it's like so it, it's it's so i think that there are limitations to this kind of like everybody's just going to go and live in their own pod at their house yeah and and just only interact on zoom i could be wrong but i really don't think yeah i don't i think there's a limit to that yeah and and again i've been reading about new york and san francisco for you know probably months now because again i'm trying to feel i felt both of those would feel pain first so if you can find that it could tell you other things i didn't see any articles i don't remember any articles where new york companies right headquarters basically said all your employees can work from home forever we're shutting down the office we're going to shrink our footprint i didn't hear any of that from new york I heard it all over in San Francisco. I mean, there is some of it here, okay. you know, but there, there is. And I think that, I think that, look, I, every company feels the same way. They're like, Hey, if I could pay less for real estate, mm-hmm. I will. Right. right. So to the extent that they can shrink their footprint and have more people on sort of like flexible arrangements where they're working from home part-time coming in only for meetings, um, what have you, I think that that, uh, that that will happen if if the opportunity is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the thing is though that um, like I, I think maybe what you're thinking about is Wall Street did say we want you guys back in the office. 
markets. Yeah, they right? do. Unlike, unlike tech. So with the Wall Street folks, now they're, they're making arrangements, social distancing, all the things that they need to do to protect people, having people come in at different times, whatever it is. Nevertheless, they, they've been saying like, hey, uh, we think this works better when you guys are all here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, information uh, is shared more. It's just, it's all of that. Yeah, it's the whole culture of, of Wall Street kind of depends on people being together, together and like those those like informal conversations that are happening. Did you hear about like the yeah, you know the, the little things and stuff? Yeah. And if you're yeah, and if you're not like if you're not sitting at the terminal next to the guy, if you've got to like log in and go find them and arrange a meeting and so like that kind of information doesn't get shared. Mm-hmm. It it only happens when like you know like you're like standing. At the, at the sink in the washroom next to yep, the guy, exactly. right? Yep. Or, or like whatever, you run out to Starbucks together to grab some coffee mm-hmm. and you're, you're chatting informally. That's those, kind, those kinds of interactions require people to be in, in proximity. And I think that's happening. I think a lot of New York-based industries are like that. Uh, so, uh, but again, like the other things, say restaurants though, New York is a huge food city as San Francisco is, that's getting whacked. New York is a huge tourist city like San Francisco is. I mean, New York actually may be the biggest tourist destination in the it world. Is. New York it's is a yes. huge tourist industry. That's until we get coronavirus shut down, you know, shut down, that industry is is just dead. Dead, right? Yeah. And um and so uh you know that that's a that's another thing. Like when we were talking in our previous video about lockdowns, you know th- New York City could open its tourism industry tomorrow and say, you know, we're open for business. Yeah. Until we get coronavirus under control, I can guarantee you that there are going to be very few Europeans showing up to come to New York as tourists, right? Mm -hmm. Because people are just going to say the United States is a hotbed of coronavirus, right? I'm not, I'm not going. That's assuming that the travel restrictions were lifted on the other end. Right. But I think that there's always going to be bargain hunters, like people who, or people who just don't, you know, they're, they just don't feel anything is risky. They they believe they're impervious to everything. Mm-hmm. Like those people will come and they'll be like, Hey, this is great. I can travel to New York for half the normal price. I'm going to go, but that's not going to bring it back to where it was. Right. No. Plus if everything's at 50% discount, that's half the revenue for the people who are showing up. Right. So, yep. um, it's so I, that's I think a big headwind for New York is like just the lack of tourism. It's a huge yeah, industry I, here. I really I really um, count tourism because again that's that's again a consideration, right? San Francisco, New York. Um, I think they're both hurting now. I think there's two things that I'll say is I think I think New York opens up before San Francisco, maybe not by a lot, but by by several months is my guess. San Francisco is in California, and San Francisco is the most restrictive in California today, and I don't see that changing. Um, and then the second thing is it's, it's, I mean, if you had to pick one city to go to, if you were going to test, you know, the United States, it'd be New York, right? It, it has the most to offer. It's going to be, you know, the most things going for it. Uh, but the other thing, when I think about comparing New York and San Francisco, and again, um, I don't live in New York, uh, my daughter's there, but you, you don't really, do you, how's the homeless population crime? I mean, in San Francisco, it's a running joke that they, they have an app to tell you where people are shitting on the streets. Um, I just see just nasty things going on in San Francisco that I don't see going on in New York. And some of that's probably weather related because it snows, but mm. we have, there's a huge homeless problem going on in San Francisco that just makes it un, unsafe, undesirable. People don't want, and people can't, there's a, 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 there's a condo tower 
that, you know, million dollar condos now that there's a homeless encampment literally across the street. I mean, why mm-hmm. would you want to come out the front door? You couldn't let your kids go out. It's just, I don't, and I don't sense that in New York, but maybe I'm not, I don't see it maybe. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we have our homeless population, but it's just not like that. And I, I haven't personally noticed any really big uptick in this. I haven't, you know, I'm, I'm taking the subways to work. Uh, I haven't noticed any really big uptick in say panhandling or homeless on the subways. Um, so I don't know whether it's, like you said, weather related, whether it's New York has just figured out a better way to deal with it than San Francisco has, um, you know, who knows what, what the reason for it is, but there, I haven't, I haven't seen it. Um, there was, you know, for a while here, there was a, a big spike in, in crime around the, um, so after the, the protests, right? Mm. But, but I think, I think part of that was actually the NYPD trying to show their muscle yeah. and basically, basically withdrawing from a bunch of neighborhoods and, and saying like, Hey, if you wanted to fund us here, we're going to give you a little, <laughs> a, a little, little taste, a little taste of what, what the world is like without police. And <laughs> then, then since they stopped that, you know, the crime predictably has, yeah. has dropped, you know, back to, I don't know, back to where it was, but definitely it's not, you know, I have some friends who were living in some of the neighborhoods that were hit by it. And what they're saying is that it was really horrible for a couple months and now it's back to, you know, to normal again. So, okay. uh, so, which is obviously good. Uh, yeah. See, that's a difference in San Francisco. I, I think it is trending in the wrong direction and, um, near as I can tell is not getting any better. In fact, it's getting worse because again, we're, we're seeing an exodus of high-end earners. Uh, you're seeing exodus of companies. You're seeing less people, you know, spending the day, right? San Francisco is for the most part, like Manhattan, I'm sure people come to work and then they leave. So all those extra, you know, little, you know, coffee shops and sandwich shops and, you know, all, all that stuff. It's just, they're all closing up. I mean, San Francisco could, you know, probably can film a zombie movie there uh, in the next couple of months. It's, it's pretty scary. Yeah. I mean, I think in, even in Manhattan, I mean, Manhattan, the population of Manhattan is still something like one and a half million people who live there. Right. right. And, um, and I think that in the neighborhoods where people live, the restaurants are getting by with takeout orders and people are still going out and buying their coffee mm-hmm. and uh, you know, they're, they have the outdoor dining uh, and, and so the restaurants are kind of getting by on that. I think where the real problems are is the restaurants in the business districts, right? So the restaurants in Midtown yeah. where nobody lives, right? I mean, nobody lives in Midtown and, uh, and, and few people live in the Wall Street area, although it's become more of a residential area as businesses, mig- Wall Street essentially has migrated from Wall Street to Midtown, right? Mm. So uh, the financial industry, there's still some law firms and still some financial firms down there, but they've really mostly relocated to, to Midtown Manhattan um, just because it's much easier to get to from the suburbs, right? If you live in Westchester, train takes you right to Midtown. Yeah. You don't have to get on the subway then and go downtown again. So really Midtown has become the epicenter of hmm. all business, right? And uh, and ironically enough, the creative industries have now moved down, like because rents are cheaper, they've moved <laughs> downtown. So, but um, still, those, those areas that are really heavily dependent on people going out, you know, all the restaurants that essentially exist on lunch, right? Yeah. Like all their, all their business is made at lunchtime. 
those those places are hurting really badly because there's nobody around and um you know so i that that's a huge problem now you're seeing that less in places like brooklyn that are largely residential i mean there there are there is a big there is a downtown brooklyn that's a big business district but it's not it's not so like it's kind of tiny compared to to what's around it like mm-hmm. you know you you walk a couple blocks in either direction and you're back in residential areas so i think that those those businesses have not been hurt as much mm-hmm. uh, because there's still people around um but in manhattan that's really the you yeah. know the problem and and also with manhattan what we're seeing is uh i think a lot of people are feeling very cooped up in their apartments without outdoor space and just it being so crowded mm-hmm. and 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 look you know people don't want to if you live in you know a 30-story apartment tower, right? The elevators were already a problem sometimes waiting for, I mean, I lived in one of those buildings for a while and it was horrible waiting for the elevator to get up and down. And now when you've got restrictions, like two people per elevator, you know, Hmm. it's just difficult to get in and out of your building, right? So, um, so I think a lot of people are feeling like if they're renting, if, if they're, if they're own, if they're owning them, I mean, they're stuck because nobody's really buying those apartments right now, but if they're renting, uh, and they have the cash to buy. What you're seeing is a lot of movement to the not just the suburbs in New York and New Jersey, but to the outer boroughs of New York. So people are moving to Brooklyn. They're moving to to Queens yeah. um, and you know, Staten Island, Bronx, whatever. Uh, because so there's so those markets actually have remained hot, which surprised me. Hmm. But the the those the the uh, the markets, even for rent too, but less so, but especially for buying, you know, a home, uh, whether it's an apartment or a, a, a standalone house, uh, those markets are very strong because uh, people are, they don't want to leave the city, but they want to get out of Manhattan. Yeah. So when we go back to the question of who we covers first, New York or San Francisco, I, I come down all the signs port, point to New York, more going for it, more diversity, um, less pain, crime, just homelessness is... Um, I, I don't know how New York doesn't recover at least a year or so ahead of San Francisco. I mean, I think San Francisco, what it is up against is, uh, you know, in addition to those things, I think like culturally, since it's such a tech hub, you've got so many people who are like, let's use the tech. Exactly. We don't need to be, we don't need to be downtown. We don't need to be, you know, we have companies, let's let's all do it online. Like this. Exactly. We, we have companies yeah, so, spending and, and, and $30 million dollars to get out of leases. They signed yeah. $30 million bucks to end a lease early because they're just shutting it down. They're like, no, we're going to, and yeah. oh, by the way, you know, they're going to open up hubs in, you know, five other states. And oh, by the way, it's cheaper. And it's just tech. Yeah. Tech is, San Francisco won't be the tech. I mean, it's, it's just, it's going to be dramatic. What is, what is happening? Because uh, the tech industry is done probably be half the size in six months. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting though, because like the tech industry is, again, like if you read about how, you know, Palo Alto and Silicon Valley developed, right? It's mm-hmm. all about those in-person network effects, right? Yeah. It's all it's all because like the people who worked for, you know, oh, yeah. Sun Microsystems back in the day then went and founded like all these other companies and like, of and, course. They, and the talent was there to hire and like yep. all that happened. Yep, serendipity, think, yep. Yeah, all the serendipity, but but more importantly, all of the people being in the same place, mm-hmm. right? And and people being attracted to the area. I think 
you know, Silicon Valley is not going away, but I no. can definitely see it being sh it shrinking. And and you've got other tech hubs developing, like Austin. Yeah, is for sure. Probably research you know, triangle. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's still there's still you know, even with all the attention paid to them, they're still minuscule compared to Silicon Valley, right? But yeah. but this is going to help them. This this can't possibly hurt them, right? With this coronavirus epidemic yeah. of people just wanting to go and relocate or, you know, I know that even in, um, you know, Utah, right. has got mm -hmm. Salt Lake city has got a burgeoning tech scene still tiny compared to Silicon Valley, but this is going to put some wind at its back at Silicon Valley's expense. Yeah. I think what's going to happen again, I've been in the Valley my whole life. So almost five decades, this is just going to be our winter season. It's going to get a little small. It's going to get a little more intimate. It's going to get cheaper. Uh, rent and price, certainly in San Francisco. I mean, it's even getting to the point where Sand Hill Road, right? Sand Hill Road is where all the uh, venture capital is, right? It's mm -hmm. in Palo Alto. Even they're talking about opening offices in other states. So I do think San Francisco's in for a, a couple of years of winter, uh, but then it will get to a point where it's priced right. And then, you know, we will grow out of this again. So it's, it's, it's not going to be devastated forever. It's just, it's got a couple of years of pain ahead. And I think it recovers after New York. Yeah. Well, I'll say one thing. I think that this is a headwind for, for New York's tech industry. You know, New York has been trying to hmm. build, to try to diversify itself further away from Wall Street. Oh, yeah. Uh, sure, has yeah. been has been really hitting hard on the tech the last few years. And they've developed a, a big tech hub in Brooklyn, another one on Roosevelt Island, and, uh, you know, pushing that aspect of things. I think all that's going on now is is making that harder. Uh, but, um, but I don't think that push is going, is going away. Right. I mean, I think they're, yeah. they're going to continue that push. Um, but you know, New York has got all kinds of issues of its own sure. like price of housing being one, but that, oh, you know, this may, this may change that rents are down. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, let's get to our third topic of hand, but before we do that, let's make sure everybody realizes there's something going on with multifamily launchpad that they need to pay attention to. Why don't you go and share that? Yes. So absolutely. Thank you for reminding me about that. So my uh, multifamily investment mentoring program called Multifamily Launchpad is going to go through some big changes uh, coming into 2021. Um, and what is going to happen as a result of those changes is access is going to be restricted to a couple of times a year and the price is going to uh, go up substantially. The good news for you is that you, if you've been sitting on the fence and been thinking about joining and you just haven't been able to pull the trigger on this, uh, today is the 12th um, through Sunday the 15th, you can still join at the $97 a month price and lock it in for as long as you stay a member and avoid uh, the big price increase that's coming. We're going to be doubling the price to $197 a month. So get in now, keep that $197, sorry, keep that $97 price for as long as uh, you want to be a member. Uh, but only through Sunday. And if you don't join Sunday, you're not going to be able to get in at any price until I think March is the next open date. So if you've been thinking about it, now's the time to get off your duff and, <laughs> join, and join up. Yeah. And folks, again, if you're thinking about multifamily investing in 2021, right around the corner, you've got to get ready. You've got to do your research, learn your market, learn your market. I got to tell you, Jonathan's the truth. Uh, you can go back and watch hours and hours of us doing interviews. Uh, we've been doing this over a year now. Uh, again, I would point out one specific video where we did the math on how an apartment building or multifamily can go from 120 to 60 million, right? He knows what he's doing. Uh, you need to be a part of this. So get off your duff, as he says, and sign up. And uh, the link will be below this video. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.